0: Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radio Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 9419 You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
1: You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopoly through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights.
2: Says it all, doesn't it? cladding over poverty, a veneer of compassion, a dangerous substandard least amount of hassle possible facade to ensure the rich don't have to acknowledge the existence or realities of being poor. We don't need to make social housing better, we just need to make it look better, because then property prices in the area will increase, and that is good for our economy, which is good for everyone, but mainly good for people in nice houses. You can just imagine these f***ers, can't you? There's been a massive fire in Kensington. My God, is the Duchess all right? Don't worry, she's fine although a cleaner's dead but the duchess is fine i mean cleaners are two a penny these days aren't they the tories last year voted against a housing bill right this bill it wasn't asking much it wasn't attempting to turn buckingham palace into temporary housing for sex offenders it was suggesting that private landlords have a legal obligation to ensure their properties are fit for human habitation what sort of votes against that. I wonder how many of the 70 Tory MPs who are also private landlords voted against that, including David Cameron. I'll give you a clue. It was all of them. This government is packed to the rafters with people who have no idea what it's like to struggle to be only one or two paychecks away from being on the streets. It's packed to the rafters with ministers that see everything this government does as a business transaction without a moment's thought for the impact their insidious austerity ideology has on the safety of the people who struggle to make ends meet. No moment's pause to consider the long-term damage done by their obsession with selling off public assets and making our public services the responsibility of private firms who by their very nature are there to make a profit over the well-being of the general public. The Tories' only social housing policy appears to be taxing poor people's unused bedrooms. Never occurred to them to increase taxes for Russian oligarchs buying their fifth uninhabited home. Well, much of our economy relies on Russian oligarchs and foreign property investors. Well, it's not much f***ing economy then, is it, when it only works for wealthy property investors and not your most vulnerable citizens who are literally left to burn. Tim, I'm not, I'm not blaming the government for this horrific disaster. You know, you're not going to find CCTV footage of Theresa May wandering around brandishing a, a box of swan vestas, right? But I'd be amazed if cuts and the ideology of austerity hasn't in some way contributed to,
1: to the problem. Yes, getting fired up here on The Renegade Economist. Uh, a random... Media commentator from the UK, sorry, no name there, but that's the sort of passion we like to hear about the most important thing on this planet, the right to a roof over our heads and some land upon which to stand. We can't see the forest for the trees. We can't see the land for the houses. It's all mixed up. And Ann Pettifer Pettifer says politicians will be blamed for the Grenfell Tower, but economists share responsibility for flawed austerity policies that led to ghastly tragedy. And to think that uh, opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn was quick to say, look, there's hundreds of vacant homes around here in Kensington. Let's... uh Acquire some of those uh, and use them for these people who are all of a sudden homeless. Uh, Wouldn't that be uh, a quick use of public policy, but would it deliver long-term benefits? You've heard me say it time and time again, but so often uh, the pace of change is enforced upon these communities because of the tax incentives of property speculation Sweeping the planet, uh, enacting globalisation left, right and centre. And uh, I'm no doubt, uh, I haven't got to the bottom of this, but I think that the uh, cladding was publicly funded for former public housing uh, units to uh, make these uh, rich benefactors, these sorry, these rich uh, political donors uh, wealthier because uh, it improved the look of the community. And the scary, scary thing is that uh, our building cladding, uh, if you have a look down Elizabeth Street here in Melbourne, it's, it's like marvellous Melbourne from the 1880s. And we had all this gold money come swishing through the economy and uh, we had these junk bonds out there running around uh, providing easy credit to the market and all of these uh, house of cards were built and sold off uh, on the back of uh, uh, this gold uh, boom we had uh, petering out in the background. Uh, Well, today, you have a look down Elizabeth Street. uh, uh, It's just incredible how much funky cladding there is on uh, these giant apartment towers now, uh, Brady's, whoever they are, this developer that's come from nowhere in the last 10 years or so. They must have five or six big developments in town. And uh, I bring to your attention uh, something I've just picked up from the the Fifth Estate uh, website. You'll find it on the show notes on earthsharing.org.au tomorrow. Uh, But Dr. Darrell O'Brien from Central Queensland University said whatever is being imported is potentially at risk. The Australian Industry Group in 2013 found that 92% of companies surveyed had reported non-conforming products in their market sector. So uh, these imports, uh, an example was given uh, some engineered wood products that have been found to have glue bonds that fail or have formaldehyde levels that are too high for Australian standards. There's some cabling, apparently, that uh, is of great concern. The fault isn't apparent until it burns. And how late is that? Uh, This is uh, part of the real problem that uh, we've got... um, Uh, So many people running on this giant cog, this land price cog, and they're galloping along at such a furious rate, working 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, Two incomes per household are an absolute minimum, and uh, there's no time to consider the ramifications that these developers are also buying this land at hugely inflated prices. And from that, uh, they have... uh, A massive, massive issue in that there's not enough money to do the due diligence to check all these products. The revolving door between government and the developers also doesn't help. We've heard time and time again how uh, the forces of corruption are uh, curtailing the sort of public checks and balances that we need. And now that Melbourne has put on over a million people in just the last 12 years, a 27% increase in population, according to our friends at uh, macrobusiness.com.au, uh, it's just, you know, it's just uh, part of the story now. Uh, we can't deal with so many problems. Look at us, uh, the state government. Uh, just pandering around, uh, pretending to be supporting the working class and uh, uh, there they were in opposition, criticising the Liberal Party for the rezoning windfalls at Fisherman's Bend. Well, what is happening in Arden? It's an absolute uh, outrage. All sorts of insiders are making a killing there and uh, you just have to wonder when these musical chair, the music uh, for this game of musical chairs is ever going to finish. Uh, Lindsay David on Twitter at Linscom um, tweeted, uh, total housing value as a percentage of household disposable income. Japan peaked in 1990 at 650%. This is uh, the total housing value as a percentage of household disposable income. How much money have we got left after we paid for housing? Ireland peaked in 2006 at 621%. Victoria today is at six hundred and thirty-two percent. New South Wales, six hundred and thirty-eight percent. And if you uh, zeroed in on those numbers and looked at uh, uh, the inner ring, inner and middle rings of all of those cities, you could imagine that uh, uh, the, uh, the household disposable income. Uh, required to meet uh, the total housing value would be another 30% higher. So it's just absolutely insane and it keeps going on this game. Philip Seuss, um, another one of the Twitterati, someone who's been on the show a number of times, he says that real GDP growth for 2017 quarter one was 0.3%. Real GDP per capita was minus 0.1%, which would mean uh, we'd be in a real recession. Uh, guess which one government and media prefer to report? Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the stories just keep coming up and up and up in your feed, don't they? You're seeing it, you're hearing the frustration of that Pommy talking and just so much pain now uh, with these loss of, of so many lives in uh, London and uh, you can just imagine that uh, the Tories are going to do all they can to continue the free lunch for their insiders. And when you heard there that only 70 politicians at the House of Commons own investment properties over there, well, remember, it is 94% here in Australia and uh, Lindsay David at Linscom uh, says if you want politicians to disclose if they negatively geared uh, their properties, sign my petition on the Australian uh, Parliamentary uh, House website. So uh, uh, check that out at aph.gov.au and um, uh, or via the show notes tomorrow. So uh, time and time again, uh, we're left scratching our heads, uh, but there's plenty of signs that the everyday person is awakening to these issues. And uh, let's just uh, switch over here to uh, our good friends at the project where uh, Prosper Australia President Catherine Cashmore was on again this week.
3: Airbnb started out as a cheap way to have a weekend getaway, but nearly nine years on, the house sharing service is becoming a nightmare for renters.
0: Airbnb has taken the tourism industry by offering holidaymakers access to real-life homes as an alternative to hotels. But it's also had unintended consequences on the property market.
3: Property owners got onto the idea of Airbnb because they can get three times the rent renting to a holidaymaker than they can renting to a long-term tenant.
0: As a result, renters are finding themselves squeezed out of the suburbs at a record rate. Over
3: a 12 month period alone, the number of properties that are being used for Airbnb in Australia has tripled. In Melbourne alone, 4.7% of all investor owned homes are now being utilised for Airbnb.
0: I'm having to move really soon. I've had to grab the first available house that I found in the area. There's so many listings for Airbnb, like something like 300 and there's only about 24 listings for permanent residents. Across the country, the number of rental properties available is dwindling, while the number of homes available to rent through Airbnb is on the rise. And that could be because one full-time Airbnb property in Sydney's North Bondi can fetch more than $270,000 in just 12 months, while renting a comparable property to tenants would only earn about $161,200. I know at least eight people who've had to leave the area because they can't afford the rental. They can't even find a rental. The situation is especially bad for locals who live and work in tourism hotspots. Currently we have something like uh, 1,800 houses listed on Airbnb and that roughly equates to about 15% of the local housing market. When people are buying properties, they're putting in managers, they're not resident in the house, it's it's no longer just uh, sharing a bedroom. That's running a business. Around the world, councils have begun to take action. Barcelona find Airbnb be 600,000 euros for advertising accommodation without a license. New York banned the rental of entire homes for less than 30 days last year, following a similar ban in Berlin, while London has put a cap on the number of nights you can rent out your pad. But so far there's been little action here in Australia.
3: It's important that the government keep a monitor on how many properties are being used for Airbnb because at some point the number is going to become significant and that means that there are less properties available for the local market and for tenants that are renting long term. Brent Thomas is a public officer for Airbnb and he joins us now. Brent, should renters be outraged by this? We're seeing no link at all. I mean, it's a bit like... Blaming Airbnb for Australia's housing affordability issues, it's a bit like blaming smashed avocado. There's, there's no link. Any serious discussion about housing affordability looks at the big macro issues like negative gearing, the taxation issues, and, and, and supply, supply of housing. Um, and the research that we've seen confirms that.
0: Yeah, but it's about supply, isn't it? Supply in the rental market. So, for example, if you look at Sydney, uh, this is in inner Sydney, the number of homes available for traditional rent is 16,044, uh, according to the figures we have. The, the numbers of houses, this is full houses on Airbnb in that same area, total 14,605. So that's almost a, a 50-50 split. Doesn't it stand to reason that you would see rents going up because supply has been re- restricted? Well, no, no,
3: not at all. I mean, it's just not an apples and apples comparison. You look at a house like mine, my family lives in it for 48 weeks of the year and for four weeks a year we we share our home. A typical listing is only shared for 28 or 30 nights per year, so you just can't compare those two statistics. And then you've got a category of houses up and down the coast, around the country, where people have been sharing holiday homes for decades. Brent, if there is no negative impact within a society, why have Uh, councils and governments in London, New York, in Spain. Why have they put limitations on uh, Airbnb? For example, that you can't rent your house out for less than 30 days. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're in um, about 65,000 cities in 191 countries around the world. And lots of, I mean, it's it's all case by case. We encourage all of our hosts to pay tax. And look, to to be really open, we'd like to pay more taxes. Around the world, there are bed taxes, hotel taxes, and accommodation taxes, and we support those where they exist. They don't exist anywhere in Australia, but if they did, and provided they applied to hotels and other short term accommodation providers, we'd be really happy to participate in that as well to make sure that local communities have the infrastructure they need and are able to continue to attract tourism. Thanks for to your time, Brent. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye.
1: Well, there we have uh, the Airbnb spokesman. You should have seen him gulping as some of those questions were coming through. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about in that small segment when you consider the interview I, I did with uh, Professor David Waxman uh, on New York gentrification pressures uh, about two or three months ago now, and uh, we talked about how rents in some areas were up to 880% higher than in the traditional market, uh, the traditional rental market, and when 4.7% of Melbourne's, in a Melbourne's, sorry, the CBD of Melbourne's, rental properties are dedicated to airbnb where they're making this easy rental income Uh, there's no actual uh, zoning for this so it's it's pretty well unregulated Uh, the poor old uh, uh, property owners the few who actually uh, live in their properties down in Docklands, are uh, pretty darn well dark at uh, these all-night parties that go on there Uh, so not only are the uh, uh, landowners there the property owners enjoying record rents they're providing uh, a negative to the local community and uh, no one's getting a recompense for uh, these sort of uh, problems. So that's where a decent land tax system comes into play you put a special airbnb commercial zoning on those properties and from that uh, they the value of their apartment would go up and uh, because there'd only be a limited supply of such properties and then they would contribute more to government coffers and it would be unavoidable so that's the sort of thinking uh, we need to happen uh, have a listen to uh, the Opposition uh, Assistant Treasurer, Mr Andrew Lee, a real up-and-comer. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this guy in the years to come. Uh, Over the past decade, uh, house prices in capital cities have risen 72%. In Sydney and Melbourne, house prices have risen 94% and 95% respectively. Uh, That represents uh, an increase just last year of $300 a day. Uh, And you can't save for uh, a deposit... Uh, if, uh, by foregoing a few smashed avocado breakfasts when the house prices are rising at $300 a day. That is just off the Richter scale. And, uh, and so much of those price increases are caused by investors paying more than a property is actually worth. I can't wait to release uh, this upcoming report that looks at this difference between what the rents say a property is worth uh, compared to what people are paying. And uh, this bubble premium has to be calculated. It has to be understandable for the everyday person. And that's what we keep doing here on 3CR's Renegade Economist. And I'm pleased to say that we're at 65% of our uh, Radiothon total. So please, dear podcasters, come on. I want to see some donations from you. Uh, Thanks so much to the All The Good Things crew who have pledged uh, to us. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting some of the other names who have donated the other 25% uh, of my total uh, over the last week or so. If there are any Airbnb uh, owners out there who'd like to uh, do the right thing, please uh, go to 3cr.org.au and uh, flick some. Coin our way, because come on, isn't the greater this wealth gap is according to uh i think he was a 16th century german philosopher named frederick list and uh he said that the greater the wealth gap the more the one percent have to spend on security they can't walk down the streets without getting mobbed or robbed or abused and that's what's coming unfortunately uh because uh Uh, to think that uh, these property prices are just heading onwards and upwards and we keep getting this policy fraud coming through. It's absolute carnage for those uh, on the end of it all. And uh, just uh, incredible to see a video I'm going to link to for you, um, Questions You Can't Ask. I think it's on SBS or ABC, and they interviewed a whole pile of homeless people. And, yeah, it was just absolutely tragic to... um, to hear this woman I'm just gonna play um, a a portion of it Um, yeah just crazy how how these economic factors end up with big long-term ramifications have a listen to this woman's life and what happened
2: I had a divorce I became estranged from my wife and um, I just got too much and what money I did have I invested in a pyramid and of course the pyramid crashed I just snapped Ended up getting on a push bike and I I rode it from Sydney to Bendigo in a week, a <laughs> thousand k's in seven days, and then I just kept riding it. And I just couldn't handle anything, so I just walked down the streets and found bushes near a public toilet and just laid down and went to sleep. It's it's not a nice thing, you know, it's, it hurts
1: it hurts all right well uh, pyramid building society you might remember uh was the epicenter of the last victorian financial crisis way back in 1989 i was uh, finishing my uh, hsc at that time and did a university project i think in my first year looking at uh, the collapse of uh, the pyramid building society and also something called the Victorian Economic Development Corporation. Uh, Any 3CR listeners remember that one, hey? And uh, my findings back then were that uh, this uh, government bureaucracy, the Victorian Economic um, Development Commission, uh, was given the mandate to make uh, 200 loans a week. That was how much money was coming through from the property bubble, through from stamp duties, and uh, the government were besotted with Japan's... uh, Ministry for Industrial Technology and Innovation, I think it was called. And they had a similar uh, role of picking winners. And uh, they picked and picked and picked a whole pile of uh, small businesses uh, in the technology sector, in all sorts of sectors, particularly in property. And they failed because commercial Land prices started falling and that was the, uh, the breakdown of the Victorian economy uh, back in 89-90 and uh, uh, some ridiculous prices were being paid for commercial real estate back in those days and uh, the rents, the business rents couldn't uh, justify it. The greater fool uh, had left the building. No one was willing to pay the prices because the difference between rents and prices was just too great. So uh, slowly the domino fell and uh, Pyramid Building Society had lent out to a whole pile of uh, uh, creative, innovative uh, insiders in the property game and, uh, of course, it all went belly up. And uh, people like that uh, lovely woman... <sighs> lost all their savings, and from that ended, lost a, a decade or two out of their lives as uh, uh, homeless people living on the street, thinking that they weren't worth it. And that's what makes me so angry: is the fact that uh, there are these structural issues with our economy. And remembering that it's only barely sixty years ago that you had to own property to be a member of the Legislative Council here in Victoria and in much of the Western world. So uh, the control of the property uh, sector through so-called democracy continues and uh, just before I left uh, I, was, um, I received a, a call from one of my many deep throats who uh, throws me oh, something that's again going to get the blood boiling but uh, there's um, a story that uh, we're going to help break here, and it's, it's a horrid one. Um, for a long time, uh, there's been this uh, debate about miners paying more in terms of mining tax. Well, uh, the, the bellwether supposedly was the petroleum resource rent tax, and uh, back in 2012 when I released my Total Resource Rents uh, Report of Australia and found that the effective royalty rate in petroleum was just 3.4 percent, rather than the 40 percent they were meant to be paying. Economists like Saul so, Eslake said, "You're kidding. You're you're wrong there. That's not right." And so uh, I kept on badgering away about it. You might have remembered me on the show back in those days talking about it. But uh, it's come to light that uh, during the um, debate, uh, after Kevin Rudd got uh, kicked out of office, uh, who knows what Mark Abib did with the U.S. consulate, uh, just the mind boggles that Mark Abib, a Labor up-and-comer, resigned rather quickly not long after that. Uh, after being busted for leaking um, uh, negotiations with the U.S. Embassy regarding the mining tax. Well, uh, uh, as the transition from the Minerals Resource Rent Tax came through um, from the Super Profits Resource Tax, it was widely criticised in the last few years, particularly by Tony Abbott, because it didn't raise any revenue. There was Wayne Swan saying it's going to pull in $4 billion plus a year, and uh, the revenues that came through, according to the ATO, were only some $250 million, and people were scratching their heads. What the hell have they done? Well, it came out that uh, uh, Gillard and uh, Swan had bent over backwards for uh, Mitch Hook, the man with the Order of Australia, the highest uh, uh, award in the land. God damn it, uh And what they'd done was uh, allowed for extra depreciation uh, write-offs to be incorporated by switching from the book value of assets or what you purchase them at to the market price of the assets. And so when China's booming... Uh, the value of uh, iron ore, the value of uh, no doubt overinflated plant and capital uh, was uh, jumped through the roof so that depreciation uh, numbers could uh, be workshopped upwards to write down the taxable income. Well, at that very point, I found out this afternoon, um, thanks to an ATO submission to uh, SCOMO's recent Petroleum Resource Rent Tax uh, inquiry that uh, Prosper submitted a top-level report uh, submission to. Well, at uh, that time, back in 20, let's say 2011, um, whilst they changed from book to market value for the uh, mineral resource rent tax, they also did it for the PRRT. So they've been able to have incredible depreciation write-offs in the petroleum industry. And uh, when you consider the game of mates we have going on in this country, uh, it's no surprise that Martin Ferguson uh, left politics to join the Australian Petroleum Production and Exploration Association, (sighs) (APEA). So, uh, yeah, the revolving doors between... uh, Uh, government and uh, the rent seekers, these big miners, continues. And that's why we're excited to have, uh, hopefully, you writing in your diary. Friday, July 7, 4.30 p.m., Dr. Cameron Murray is coming to Melbourne to launch his book, Game of Mates. Uh, Participants are going to play some game theory and get their head around just how easy it is for these mates to uh, uh, lick each other's backs and uh, look after... uh, Uh, each other with a very little oversight from government so it's just uh, you know how it is on 3cr guys Uh, it's some sort of cathartic practice i perform here hopefully uh, you've got a pillow and you punch it every now and again maybe you're running uh, extra fast but uh, thanks so much for your support over this radiothon uh, era stand by because uh, we have the almighty the Boldness coming up, and it's their radiothon. So, I really hope you can uh, look after the boys. Communication Mixed Down.
3: The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media
1: and explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us
3: from social media to citizen journalism
1: to the logo on the front of your favorite t-shirt
3: it's all part of the communication mixdown
1: each week thursday 6 to 6:30 communication mixdown cranking up november 17
3: right here on 3CR